You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ware. And I'm still here, your friendly neighborhood sexologist, Jess O'Reilly. And today, we are going to talk about orgasms. Yay! Do you like those? I'm a fan. I'm a fan. How would you describe your orgasm? Orgasmic? I don't know. How do you describe an orgasm? Well, what does it feel like? It feels like a release. Huh. Uh, very pleasurable. On the pleasure scale, 1 to 10, the most pleasurable thing you've ever felt being a 10, the least pleasurable being a 1, where do orgasms sit? Right up at the top. I'm not a super expressive person. You know what? That's not true. I don't remember things well. That's my problem. So if you were to ask me how my last orgasm was, I couldn't tell you. I know it felt real good. That was about the best time able to express the sensation of my orgasm. Is there anything that feels as good as orgasm to you? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I know you don't like food as much as me. Have you ever had a meal that... No, not even close. What about wine or beer or scotch? Nope. Nope. (laughs) And it's not as though I'm this one-dimensional person who's just like, orgasms are bust. I can't think of anything that has the same physiological sensation like an orgasm. And some are a lot better than others, but I have this... I, my whole body just tenses. So I think because I'm such a tense person to begin with, that the relaxation that follows the orgasm is the reason why it stands out as such a unique experience. So it's your version of, of progressive relaxation. So you know, during progressive relaxation, you'll tense up a part of your body just so that you can relax it. Because if, if you tell somebody to relax their body, it can be a real challenge. But if you let them tense up first, then they can experience the contrast and sensations. So that's what you do. You get super, super tense and then experience a real release. Yeah, only without thinking about it from a scientific perspective. I'm about to engage in progressive relaxation right now. Well, I think that's what ruins it if you start thinking about it. And that's that's actually what we're going to be talking about today. I don't have that problem. I don't think that much about things while I'm in the moment. Well, that's a good thing. But you do deal with intrusive thoughts and we'll talk about that. I definitely deal with intrusive thoughts. So our question from our listener is, I have been having trouble orgasming with a partner, but by myself, it's really easy. I have tried to add sex toys when I'm with my partner, which is the usual way I orgasm on my own, but that didn't even work. He feels insecure since he can't make me orgasm and I'm embarrassed. Well, first, you definitely don't have anything to be embarrassed about. Your orgasm is for you it's not about your partner unless you're playing with that specific fantasy in a kinky way you might actually allow your partner to take control of your orgasm i have to interrupt what do you mean by that exactly of course i took us off topic i was thinking about (laughs) orgasm denial okay i don't know if i tell me more because i don't (laughs) like the idea of somebody denying me an orgasm (laughs) well orgasm denial is it's often practiced as part of BDSM, so bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, so kinky sex. And it involves maintaining arousal, often a high level arousal of arousal, 
without allowing orgasm to follow. So you might bring your partner to the brink of orgasm and then pull back or stop altogether. And then you might continue, you might repeat it, you might use your hands or your body or toys, but you might also use chastity belts or cock cages to prevent stimulation of the genitals. So you talk about bringing somebody to the brink of orgasm, but not orgasming. And I learned about this last week while I was edging during a volunteer event. If you remember, I, I was using this, this uh, what is it, like a shovel. And I'm gardening at a senior's home with my real estate company and with Jess's company. And I'm edging around this planter, around this plant. And Jess, of course, comes over and says, oh, you're edging. And I said, yes, I am edging. And she, then she kind of giggles and laughs and is like, do you know what that is? And I said to her, clearly not, because I'm here with a bunch of elderly folks, and this has become somehow sexual. Right. You know, edging often involves bringing yourself to the brink of orgasm and pulling yourself back. You might, if orgasm is a 10, you might go up to a 6, and then back down to a 2, then up to a 7, then back down to a 2, then up to an 8, and back down to a 3, up to a 9. I mean, whatever pattern works for you. And it can be fun. So it can be a part of or similar to orgasm denial. And with orgasm denial, some people will create a whole scene or sexual experience around the denial of orgasm. And others, I think we've done this, you kind of play with it in passing. So I might tease you that if you're not good, I'm going to pull back and not let you finish. And so we might make it just a part of, you know, a small injection into our sex play. You don't look amused. No, I... I... I think that we have done it without really thinking about it and maybe more uh, I'm more aware of the of the term and playing and having fun with it like I mean we have done it so I think we should go back to the question because I totally took us yes someplace else with my planter talk (laughs) what I was saying is that you know you you're more responsible for your orgasm so your partner doesn't really give you an orgasm they might be a part of the process But your body with your brain at the helm is what really produces the orgasm. So your partner can physically and mentally be a part of the stimulation, but ultimately it's your nerve endings that communicate with the brain and it's your brain that fires in multiple regions and then there's a reflex response and then right at orgasm, your brain's center of reason and behavior, so the lateral orbitofrontal cortex, that's the area just behind the left eye, it actually shuts down momentarily. And this allows your sexual or animalistic needs to overpower any preoccupations or reservations. Is this why I might look a little stupid when you have an orgasm because something shuts down near my eye? Potentially. (laughs) Is that your O face? It's your O face. O (laughs) but in this case if you can orgasm on your own but not with a partner oftentimes it's because you do something physically different on your own so maybe you use your hands you use toys you rub on the outside you contort your body in a way that feels good for you you breathe differently when you're on your own and you do the things that naturally make orgasm arrive but when you get with your partner you tend to change it up. You might be more focused on penetration. You might move your body for their pleasure. You might control your body at different angles depending on what you think they want to see. You might hold your breath. You might 
change the, the sounds you make. You might hold them back, you might exaggerate them. And all of these physical activities tend to detract from orgasm because you're doing something for somebody else or you're doing something based on a perceived expectation. And if this is the case, it's a more simple fix. You, you want to bring your masturbation practices, the angles, the toys, the positions, the techniques into your partnered play and replicate them. And this will likely lead to orgasm. Now, in your case, however, you say you use toys to orgasm and you've already tried bringing them into partnered play, so you might also need to consider another angle. The first was the physical. What are you doing physically different? And the second relates to performance pressure. If you are doing the exact same things physically with your partner as you do when you're alone and you still can't enjoy an orgasm when they're in the room, it's likely a matter of, you know, your mindset, your mood, and of course, pressure. So, so first I want you to remove the physical barriers to orgasm. Is it the way you're positioned? Move into the position you use when you masturbate most often and have your partner work around you. Is it the setting? Try to replicate the setting in terms of location and lighting and temperature and what you're wearing. Maybe you're more comfortable physically just because of the way the location is set up when you're by yourself. Again, have your partner work around you. Is it the physical sensations? When you use these toys on your own, how do you do it? Can you show your partner with your hand? And if you're using the toy that always leads to orgasm, is there something else they're doing that you find distracting? Is it, you know, are they flicking your nipples? (laughs) Are they looking you in the eye and you're not comfortable? Are they kissing you in a way that detracts from the good physical sensations. So show them what you like, tell them what you want, and don't even worry about your orgasm yet. Just focus on your physical pleasure. And then, when we've got the physical taken care of, we need to address that performance pressure. If you're hung up on having an orgasm, you become focused on the goal and it draws your mind away from the present. If if you're thinking about whether or not you'll orgasm, you can't think about the way their hands, their lips, or the toy even feel against your body. You can't think about both of those things. And if you're worried about what they're thinking, if you're worried about their security, you can't possibly enjoy the pleasure. So part of what I'm telling you is to be more selfish, be more focused on yourself. Have an orgasm because it feels good. Don't have an orgasm because it helps to boost your partner's egos. You know, if you're thinking about how you look or you're worried about what they're thinking, if you're preoccupied with how you sound, all of these elements detract from presence and you will not enjoy sex to its full extent. And you're unlikely to orgasm if you're not present. There's so many things that you said there that I'm sitting here listening and thinking about them because it's got to be really hard, whether you're in a long-term relationship or just hooking up with someone, hoping that you both orgasm at the exact same time, like in a show or a movie or something like that. Like That's got to be the performative angle really hard, right? One person needs to orgasm at the exact same time as the other person. And I think I've been preoccupied with that or I, I have been even in the past. And you forget that just because you finished doesn't mean that you can't help your partner 
finish. And it doesn't have to be penetrative sex. And I think the other thing that really resonates with me, because I learn so much every time we do these podcasts, is also that all of this really boils down to communication. If you can't convey to your partner what works for you, that, that has nothing, that actually is completely outside of the realm of sex. You're not even having sex. You should just be able to express to them, I enjoy having sex, but I need to do it differently. And if you can't even have that conversation, you're, neither one of you or at least one of you is not ever going to achieve what they're hoping to achieve, which is an orgasm. Right. And if you think about the lateral orbital frontal cortex shutting down at orgasm, That means you have to let go. You have to let go of your thoughts. You have to let go of your preoccupations. You have to allow your brain and body to do their thing. But if you put pressure on your body to perform, it's not going to. Well, this is, I struggle with that. I definitely struggle with being in the moment. And we've had sex where intrusive thoughts have killed my vibe. Mm -hmm. And it, something I really struggle with, whether it's work or other things in life that are going on. And sometimes it's really hard to push those out of your mind. And again, as a guy, you're sub- I know that society paints a lot of us as just focused on sex. As soon as you have it, it's good no matter what. And sometimes for me, I have this really weird pattern where I start thinking about something else when it's happened. And then I think something's wrong with me for not for having these intrusive thoughts and being distracted and then that snowballs and it gets worse and then you can't finish out well not that you can't finish it's harder to or maybe you can't but it's harder to finish or it's hard to stay in the moment and so do you know what what do you do when you have an intrusive thought like we can be having sex and then you think about something you have to do at work tomorrow that no but that happens right yeah. or what i have to do immediately after right uh, i mean are you asking me what I've what you do. done? I can't really remember. I, I certainly know that I try to continue. I don't let that thought... F- this is what works for me, not for others. I try to refocus on something specifically that I'm feeling in the moment, whether that is touch, a sight, a sound, a smell, something to try and bring myself back to the moment as opposed to fixating on how I need to send out an email or vacuum or fix something in the house and I can't fix much. So let's just go back to the email (laughs) thing. So that's exactly what, you know, people will advise you to do, which is to tune into one specific sensation. Focus on the way your partner's fingers feel against you. Tune into the temperature. Close your eyes and think about the sound listen to your partner's breath, tune into your own breath. Anything you can do that is focused on one of the five senses is going to bring you back to the moment because you can't you can't feel physical touch in the past or in the future. You can only feel it right now. Similarly, you can't hear in the past. You can't hear into the future. You can only hear right now. So that's a good strategy. And you brought something else up, which is you get frustrated with yourself or you judge yourself for having an intrusive thought. You think, well, what's wrong with me? And so we all have intrusive thoughts. You can be enjoying the most immersive, pleasurable, satisfying, intimate connection of your life and something pops into your mind and that's okay. So what we you know, recommend you do is you acknowledge the thought without judgment and then you let it float away, 
hope perhaps by focusing in on one specific sensation but if you take that thought and you judge yourself for that thought so you're feeling distracted or stressed about something and then you become even more stressed because you're mad at yourself for ruining the moment we often call, call that a secondary emotion right uh, an emotion that's in response to the original emotion it becomes harder to overcome so I think it's important to know that this happens to all of us I mean I, I certainly have days where I say babe it's not just going to happen and sometimes I'm, I'm happy to have sex without orgasm are there tertiary thoughts where you get mad over getting mad over getting mad sure I suppose yeah. so layer upon layer so you know you it's easy to say hey don't worry about orgasm don't think about it just enjoy the pleasure but it's not always easy to do because but you have to learn right you have to actually take steps because when you worry about orgasm and then you don't orgasm you create a negative feedback loop and the worry and distress probably increase each time incrementally sort of what you were describing so you have, you have so many options in terms of letting go of performance pressure and not even thinking about the orgasm. I would say, you know, the practice of mindfulness with both emotional, practical breathing and physical exercises and sensation exercises is the best way to go. You can go back actually and listen to the episode on Tantra with Amina Peterson. I think it was episode 75 and she walks you through a body scan which can help you to be more present in your body. You can also practice mindfulness with an app like Headspace. You were using Headspace and Pacifica, correct? I used Pacifica, yeah. I thought it was great. Did some of the exercises there, whether it was breathing or um, relaxation response. It was really helpful. Yeah. Is there an exercise you liked or that resonated with you? One of the exercises that I know has been talked about a lot, but... Uh, our chiropractor walked us through um, a, a body scan and the way that she did the body scan with breathing um, starting off with six deep breaths to change to help change your state just relax to begin with and then um, you know visualizing the scan I've used that repeatedly over the last uh, probably six months that's Dr. Varsha Tripathi so I should ask her to create a body scan audio for us yeah. And we can put it up for everyone to use. Really good. Yeah. And so you have these app options. Uh, you can do it on your own. I also have a, an online course on mindful sex, which you can check out. And it focuses on the emotional elements of presence, the sensations of being mindful, as well as partnered touch activities you can do that are non-sexual to help you connect with your body. And these partnered activities like the hand caress and the face caress can really help to, to prime your body so that you're more at ease with yourself but also at ease with your partner. Because if you're feeling performance pressure with your partner during sex leading to orgasm, it's likely you feel that performance pressure leading up to it as well in other areas. So I'll give you a summary, for example, of one of the exercises from the course and we walk you through it with an audio guide. But if, if, for example, tonight you can just take 10 minutes and get comfortable, clear the room of distractions, close your eyes, start breathing and have your partner just touch your hands and caress your forearms gently and slowly and curiously 
for sensual, not sexual, pleasure. It's really about developing physical connection and learning to take pleasure because all you do is sit there. You sit, you breathe, you enjoy the sensations, you notice the, the texture, the temperature, the rhythm, the pressure, the movement, the sound of their breath, the energy between you. And your job is to just enjoy, take note of what you feel in your body as you breathe deeply and indulge in taking pleasure. And if your mind wanders off or if you feel pressure or any self-consciousness, that's okay. Just notice what you're feeling, let go of the distraction and bring your mind back to the present moment by focusing on what your partner's skin feels against yours how do their fingertips feels and exercises like this I mean they're not going to give you an orgasm (laughs) unless you have very sensitive hands but they can be really helpful to help you train your body to be mindful of both emotions and the physical sensations outside of the bedroom in this non-sexual way before you try to transfer these practices into the bedroom and By practicing a hand caress, for example, you're training your partner to touch you for touch's sake, as opposed to touching you with a specific goal in mind. They're touching for your pleasure, not for their own achievement. And you, on the other hand, you're learning to feel the sensations in your body. You learn to redirect your thoughts to your body's experience instead of worrying about its supposed performance. And in the Mindful Sex course, We walk you through breathing exercises, visualization activities, these uh, sensual touch activities. We do some emotional presence activities and then we do some sexual touch approaches eventually. And, And it's a series of videos and audio guides and worksheets. And the goal when we created this wasn't just to have people having better sex, but to really shift the way you move through life and the way you approach your partners because these exercises that build upon one another they're calming they're grounding and they can help to address feelings of worry and anxiety and pressure just on a daily basis outside of sex i know that one of the challenges that i had was committing to the time to do them Mm -hmm. because in theory it sounds great you're Mm -hmm. you're thinking oh amazing i'm gonna spend 5 10 20 minutes doing this but i don't have 5 10 or 20 minutes but then I started making a conscious decision to allocate that time. And we still, I would say I'm not guilty of doing it enough. But when we have taken the time and are willing to invest, it really does make a big difference. It sounds so hokey at first when you think about it until you practice. And it makes such a difference. And sometimes, you know, you and I do truncated versions yeah, right? like, we, we just take two minutes instead of 10. I was going to say 60 seconds. Right, 60 seconds. If you can invest 60 seconds a day in this, it's better than nothing. And the 60 seconds isn't necessarily sexual. It oh. could just be that. 60 seconds of sex sounds perfect. I'm like, I'm like oh, you're going to do a hand caress of my genital? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're going to do it on mine. Uh, you know, if, if the course isn't for you, that's totally okay. But go ahead and try the hand caress to begin with because most of us don't sit still and receive pleasure for 10 minutes without feeling the need to reciprocate, without worrying about what our partner is feeling. So it's really 
good practice. And of course, it feels good too. And if, if you want to learn more about the course or other courses we have online, it's happiercouples.com. Now, if we take this back to orgasming with a partner, it's also, yes, it's likely that you need to learn to be more in the moment and enjoy pleasure in your body without pressure because pressure is the antithesis to pleasure. And if your partner is putting pressure on you to orgasm, you got we you need to speak up to them because not only are they decreasing the chances of orgasm actually happening, but they're likely detracting from their own pleasure as well. But what about that kinky play you were talking about at the beginning? That's a little bit different. That doesn't have to do with having trouble orgasming. So I probably shouldn't conflate the two. What I was saying in in my opening was that your orgasm isn't your partner's responsibility. It's not on them unless you hand it over to them. That's the other thing that I, I think is different is the idea. Like I've never looked at an orgasm as something I give to somebody else. I always assume that it's Have ultimately... You, you've never given one? I've never given kidding. one. No, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe one day I will. No, but the idea that I'm giving you that, I really think that I may be able to facilitate or help, but ultimately you are the one responsible for you know, knowing what works for you. It's true. You're just a prop. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a pylon. I'm literally here for no reason, right? (laughs) You're, you're right there. And, uh, I I don't think it's always this way, but I do think in hetero relationships, sometimes there is pressure from men to have orgasms. Um, you know, when they'll ask, or sorry, pressure from men on women, they'll say like, did you come yet? Did you come yet? Did you come yet? And that, that, you know, for many of us that crushes our vibe. It's a total mood destroyer. Right. I, I think, listen, it's normal to want to be feel validated. It's normal to want to know that your partner is enjoying themselves. But I don't think that we want the standard of sexual pleasure to only be orgasm because sometimes we're not going to have an orgasm. Sometimes we don't want to let go with our brain and we also don't want to be told to let go. Sometimes you can have sex for the sake of sex, for the intimate touch, for the connection, for the feeling of being next to your body your partner's body there are lots of reasons to have sex other than orgasm and it's also okay to not have an orgasm and there's also a flip side to what i just talked about in terms of mindfulness because what what we're saying here is fix the physical part do what you do when you masturbate secondly let go of performance pressure and one of the best ways to do that is mindfulness but the flip side is that some people find that when they fantasize and take themselves to a far-off land that's a way to bring themselves back to the present. So that might sound like a contradiction to everything we've just said, but really some people find that they can tune into their bodies more intensely when they allow their mind to escape from reality. And in other words, they take their mind away to some hot sexual fantasy land. And this gets them really aroused. And once they're really aroused the oxytocin and adrenaline floods their body. And we know that their inhibitions drop, distraction decreases, performance pressure is assuaged. And then, and then only then can they feel the physical sensations more intensely. So in order to be present, they first take their mind away. (laughs) And so they take it away and then they bring it back to the present. And I've heard some people say, oh no, this approach is a crutch. You need to be present. You need to be mindful. But you know, man, if it works for you, don't worry about categorizing it. In the end, it doesn't matter how 
you experience pleasure. It doesn't matter how you orgasm. Just do what feels good for you. I agree wholeheartedly. I, I think that the performative element of it is something that I've been guilty of. Um, or sorry, not so much the performative element as it is the idea that I I need you or I, want, I need that validation. Mm-hmm. And I think that once I strip away and I understand that you know, that validation, if I throw it out the window and just focus on my own pleasure and then your pleasure or whatever is most important to me, I guess. Oh no, I meant everyone else should focus on <laughs> yeah. their own pleasure first, not my I, partner. I should continue doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but once you, you pull, you strip back those elements and really understand, I think it'll be a lot easier for both people to, to enjoy. And again, just because you don't both come to climax at the same time, isn't doesn't mean it has to end when one person finishes absolutely i mean we never have orgasms simultaneously almost never no i would agree yeah it's I, I, i've never felt that pressure to come at the same time no usually i'm done well in advance <laughs> you're done before you come in the room <laughs> yeah you know that's how it works <laughs> he's like i'm good i'm like good because i'm tired man i'm going to sleep <laughs> wait till i fall asleep then take care of hey it, it works for me <laughs> so Basically, whatever works for you. And I also want to just add one quick note because this is um, someone who identifies as a woman with a male partner, but it's not only women who have difficulty reaching orgasm. Yeah, I've been there. Do I need to share my story? Yeah. Do you want to or no? I've faked. I have faked. I was on medication once Mm -hmm. and uh, I just could not finish. Did so, you spit in your hand and throw it on their back? <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't go that far, but thanks for giving me ideas. No, man, I was on some meds and I was probably in my early, early, I was like 20 and I just couldn't, I just couldn't finish. But I, again, looking back now, I needed, I felt that that, val, I needed to validate, I needed that, my partner to feel comfortable so I didn't know how to feel. I'm like, I'm just not going to finish. Like, what, this is not going to work. What so did you do? I was like, oh, yeah, so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I probably like gyrated a bunch and then was saying something to the effect of, oh, thanks. That was great. Yeah, amazing. Were you wearing a condom? Yes. Okay. So then you didn't have to have the visual. Not that ejaculation no, and have... orgasm are the same thing, but they tend to occur simultaneously. I didn't have to do what you said. What was it? Sp- <laughs> spitting everywhere. <laughs> I didn't say spit. I said, did you spit in their hand and then throw it on their back? I just, yeah. No, I didn't do that. Spider-Man it. Spider-Manning. But I did. I I didn't. And I didn't know how to convey to them, communicate to them that I I couldn't. And then on top of that, I don't think I let that person know that I was on medication that, that was hindering me from doing it. There's so many layers there that I, I was probably uncomfortable. I didn't want to have the conversation or I wasn't, com- I wasn't comfortable having it. So th- there were a lot of f- variables at play. And when we first met, I think there was a time you said you weren't going to finish. Yeah, it, I think it was probably on the same meds. Right, right. Yeah. but you just told me and I was like, well, I'm not really here for you, so <laughs> I'm good. You were like, I'm glad out. we had this chat. Now get, let's get back to business. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's not necessarily a matter of gender or genitalia. And even today, babe, do you have days where you have more difficulty finishing or where you feel more distracted? Is this this the Brandon Bears All show? Is that what it is? I'm sorry, you don't have to say I'm just messing around. I, I completely have intrusive thoughts. Most of them 
have over over the years have been about work or other stresses in my life um and then i did i do snowball or i have that it's a snowball effect where i think something's wrong and then i think maybe there's a bigger issue at play when in reality it's just stress and and some days it's like that you don't have to have sex all the time it doesn't always have to be a 10 and if it doesn't work out in the way that you expected it to work out, it's just not a big deal. I agree. And then again, it just because I'm just because I've experienced that, or if one partner's experiencing it, doesn't mean that the other partner has to be um, restricted or hindered from if that's the goal, also experiencing an orgasm on their end. Yeah, I do find that um, since we created the mindfulness course, it's forced me to make sure that I'm practicing more of what I preach. And so I do, I sleep better. I can get more into the mood. Even if I'm not in the mood immediately, I have my uh, strategies to get myself there, to bring myself back to the present. And I find it really helps. But I've definitely struggled over the last couple of months. Our, for those of you that follow her or follow Jess and her Instagram or mine, our dog passed away and she was really, really special and important to me. And I've really struggled. I'm struggling with it right now, mm-hmm. thinking about it, having making that statement. And for the first couple of weeks after she left us, I really struggled. And getting in the moment for just about anything was hard. And you wear this, this there's this facade that you carry or that I carried around interacting with others and that definitely uh, translated or carried itself over into our relationship and on into into sex as well and I found it those intrusive thoughts were really really hard and they still are at times I remember feeling guilty because she passed on a Wednesday and then we had sex on a Friday morning and I don't know if we've talked about this yet but I remember feeling as though should we be doing this right now should I still be mourning her because we are quite devastated and I think I felt guilty enjoying pleasure while I was also grieving. And I mean, I'm still grieving. It's still pretty, <laughs> pretty bad. But I do remember feeling really conflicted on that Friday because it felt too soon. And we were sort of half asleep when we did it, which is amazing. I love when we're half asleep. <laughs> is it because the best of both worlds for you? Yeah. You love your sleep, but you love the sex? Oh my gosh. If there was a hamburger in bed... <laughs> I'd the trifecta. Leave. I would never leave. <laughs> yeah, a burger or a steak or even French fries. Half asleep, food in your hand, and a little bit of sex. Yeah, have the food like maybe half chewed for me. <laughs> Ruminating animals. Anyhow, let, let's go back to, to this question. So I really believe you're not going to have an issue learning to orgasm more consistently when you're with your partner. Hopefully you can change what you're doing physically to match what you do when you're by yourself because you obviously know your body. Uh, hopefully you can also practice some mindfulness exercises to reduce the performance pressure or maybe you can just fantasize to escape from reality momentarily and this too can reduce performance pressure and allow you to really enjoy the moment i i I think you've got this i agree so we're gonna leave it at that i'll say a big thank you to desire resorts check them out at desire experience for their ongoing support We are heading to Desire probably in the summer. And then, of course, we're heading on their cruise to the south of France, Spain, and Italy in September. And then they have the red carpet cruise coming up in May. So please check that out at Desire Experience. Thanks for doing this, babe. Thanks for sharing. Open book, Brandon. I know. I can see in your eyes that you you weren't expecting it. I was not, but I always enjoy sharing with 
all of your listeners. All of your best friends. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, folks, wherever you're at. Have a great one. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. Thank you.